Welcome to Target Cancer, a podcast about how health technology is affecting lives and changing the world for patients and oncologists. Hi, my name is Mika. I'm the CEO of a company called Xcures. So thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, my company works with uh, advanced cancer and cancer patients, helping them organize their data um, so they can you know, bring their medical records between different providers and then to help them identify treatment options and, you know, understand what it is that they and their physicians should be talking about. So um, in doing that, one of the things that we've learned is that we learn from everybody and we really want to have opportunities to have people come on uh, our podcast and share their stories and share their experiences and maybe talk a little bit about what's happened to them and what are the lessons they learned and how, how can others actually benefit so that all of us benefit from the experience. So Thank you. It uh, means a lot to me that you'd come on. And uh, why don't you tell, tell us about you and your story, Diego, and, and let's start yeah, from there. Sure. I mean, thank you so much for having me over. Um, so I was diagnosed with uh, colorectal cancer back in 2018. I was 33 years old, um, relatively healthy, never had any, any problems um, health-wise. I just went for a colonoscopy because I was having some odd symptoms. And then when I woke up from colonoscopy, doctor told me that I had a growth that was probably cancer. So what were the symptoms? Because that's very young to go for a colonoscopy, right? That That's yeah. unusual. I was having a lot of discomfort at night. I would have a lot of um, acid reflux. And after a while, I started noticing blood every time that I went to the bathroom. Mm. But it was not something that you would come every day and it was not a, an amount that you noticeable amount so from every two weeks it became every one week and then after a while every day and then the amount also increased and that's when i decided to look for a colonoscopy doctor a gi doctor mm -hmm. he uh he at the time he was not concerned either he said it was probably some internal hemorrhoids everybody most people have internal hemorrhoids but it was i decided to you know ask for the colonoscopy regardless um because something was just not right. You know, I know my body really well. And I, right. and I, was, I was trying to listen to what my body was trying to say. So after the um, procedure, I woke up and he said that I actually had a growth of a sigmoid colon. About four centimeters more or less. And then I, you know, started looking for second opinions and, and oncologists and surgeons and things like that. So how did you find, like, what, when you said you had the growth, so you found out from the GI doc who did the colonoscopy, right? And then, and then I always wonder about this because um, cancer is such a scary thing, right, I think, for all of us. So, yeah. um, and most of us don't study cancer, right? You don't, you don't spend your life, like, Sunday, like, today, like, oh, I'm going to spend today reading about cancer. Like, we don't, that's not a fun Sunday for most people. So I always think the people who know uh, uh, or know a lot about cancer, people who work in cancer, like doctors or, or someone like me works in a company that works with cancer patients or somebody who has cancer, because that's when you need to know it. So how did you start learning about the subjects? Like what, because I mean, I, I imagine you must've been shocked and then you have to like learn all this information right. and like figure out the doctors to see and how did exactly. you do that? Yeah, it was, it was tough. Absolutely. Because it catches you, uh, off guard to begin mm -hmm. with, right? So I think I, it, when when I heard the words, you know, you you, it's probably cancer. I don't think I don't think I I, I don't know how to to put in words how I reacted because it, it was shock, it was fear, it was also like this empty emptiness 
feeling that I had. But at the same time, immediately, I, 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 I think I put myself in an autopilot and I needed to find out more about doctors. I needed to find out more about this type of cancers. I had never heard about colorectal cancer be, to begin with. I did not know what the symptoms were. I did not know that blood in your stool was a, was a dangerous um, symptom, right? Um, so I started discovering people online. I know that there are some groups uh, online of people that share this disease. And I had a friend, believe it or not, that had gone through the same thing. And she was actually, wow. yeah. Did you reach out to her right away? Was that like your... I did, yeah. I did. But at the time, you know, when somebody tells you that they have cancer, even though they might tell you oh, it's colorectal cancer, if you're not going through the same, if it, I was just like, oh, it's cancer. I don't, it didn't, I didn't keep in my mind that it was the same kind of cancer. But I knew that I could reach out to that friend at least for, you know, what have you been taking? And, and she actually played a, a huge role in my finding more information, not settling for a second, a, a first or second opinion to go to different doctors um, to get all the information first before going through a major surgery, right? Because they put me on a surgery right away, but I needed to get more information, more mm -hmm. tests to be done. Um, and even, even after educating myself that much, I went to the surgery because we did the MRI and according to the MRI, they said it was going to be a stage one. So that when I went through the surgery, um, when I woke up, they ended up telling me that it was not stage one. It was actually stage three because it reached different levels of tissue. And out of all the lymph nodes, they take some lymph nodes during the surgery to test. And one of them came positive for cancer as well. So I had to go through adjuvant chemotherapy for six months. So I was there for six months, did the chemo. Um, and nine was about nine months, no evidence of disease. And then after nine months, it came back to a peritoneal lymph node. And I've been in chemo ever since. Um, I go every, every other week. And I take, um, I think it is Fofiri, right? Is the 5-FU plus Iridotecan. Yep. And in addition to that, I do Cetuximab, which is they call Herbitux. So moving on, let's talk a little bit, uh, Diego, about the second opinions and how important second opinions are. One of the things you said is that you know, your friend encouraged you to like go and ask multiple doctors. Was there a lot of debate? among the doctors or like really strongly like different opinions about what to do and how important the, was that you think in in the end of yeah, treatment? That, that's a good question um there were not a lot of debates between the doctors honestly um i saw three of them three of the you know i i sought for the best you know of course rated doctors in this matter um and the, the 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 surgery techniques that they would do would would differ right so the most uh, the ones that they do the most here they cut you basically from your navel down and then they do the surgery through that area um and then there was one doctor with Johns Hopkins that is the only doctor that was trying a transanal surgery uh, with with least amount of exposure or invasion 
through the surgery and that that was giving you really good results right um after i talked a lot with the three of them i decided to go that route and i think it, it was the best um, outcome for me i did not need to um recuperate or heal for the longest time it was easy uh no 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 pain no opioids things like that um but what i was really worried about and thinking about the most was looking for the oncologist right an oncologist that would give me a, a, a management treatment that that would seem something like curable at least mm -hmm. um in the when i was looking for a, a, an oncologist then i did get into um different opinions i the first one was part of my surgeon's team um, it's uh, an oncologist that she trusted and she works for many, many years together. Um, and I decided to go with her. Um, my first cycle would be Zalota, which is the pills for capacitabine, um, instead of taking the 5-FU pump. And I would only go to the infusion center to take um, oxaliplatin. Mm -hmm. So... I think I sh I think I wish I had done more research on that because that kind that type of chemotherapy that you take pill oral form of chemotherapy does not have the same impact in your body as the pump. So I think that uh, you know if there's one thing that people can learn from this these experiences that you should you should see a lot of different doctors and get different opinions and try to match what makes sense. Um, because I think I, I went to two more oncologists and their two uh, regimens were exactly the same. The 5-FU pump with, with the oxaliplatin. This doctor was the only one saying because I only had a small amount of cancer in one lymph node, she would suggest to do Zalota instead mm -hmm. um, and oxaliplatin. I did that. Um, and I honestly don't know, we never know, but I believe that he came back because of that. So you think you it wasn't aggressive enough, basically? That's I think he wasn't yeah. aggressive enough. That's right. I don't okay. think he was aggressive enough. Um, so as you think about your treatment now, right, and kind of the other ongoing options, how are you considering like your game plan? Are you still talking to more doctors or how do you, how do you kind of so, now manage yeah, so where you are? For now, I actually... When he came back, I went to a different oncologist, to the one that I was considering to begin with, and he has been fantastic ever since. Very knowledgeable and, you know, works also at the NIH in clinical trials. He's He, he knows, I feel like I'm, I'm well-guided when it comes to that. And uh, mm -hmm. since my treatments that I'm doing, by the way, Friday, I received the news that I was NED again. I did a, a CAT scan on Wednesday. So, yeah, that's Congratulations. Great. Wonderful. Thank you. So it's the yeah. third in a row that I get no evidence of disease. Um, it's been a year and a half now, and it, I'm sure that's going to keep going for the longest time. So um, he tells me, look, it, it's we, the treatment that we're giving you is getting amazing results. You are actually considered clinical remission, which is difficult to, it's difficult to reach to begin with your stage four colorectal cancer. Um, but there are no many treatments out there that would 
give you the same results, right? We, of course, that if it's not working anymore, I have no problem giving you uh, my opinions about clinical trials because it's very involved. So I think I am in a, I'm lucky enough to be in a, in a, in a good place, but definitely mm-hmm. if it's something that it comes to a point where he's like, sorry, there is no more treatments, I would definitely look for more um, opinions. Yeah, you, you bring up um, actually something that's very interesting to me. So I talk to a lot of patients who are considering clinical trials. Our, as a company, we work with patients who are trying to understand maybe clinical trials or other treatments that may be for more advanced stages. One of the things that I have heard um, from people about clinical trials is in order to be eligible, like the time from when you decide to do it to whenever you get in is actually pretty short, right, yeah. when that period. And so you kind of have to know beforehand, you have to kind of understand what they are. So even though you're not ready to go and do that, maybe you never need to, which would be wonderful, but you kind of need to have it like on deck, right? Uh, and ready to go. Is that something that you and your doctor talk about? Like what are the, the like just to be prepared or ready? Like, is that an active management thing? It's not, not as much as I think, I think in the beginning when we were still exploring what treatments mm-hmm. to, to, to go, we had this kind of conversation. Yes. But you know, I haven't had on it. I honestly haven't had this type of conversation for the past year and a half. Right. But I so. think it is definitely important because I have a friend of mine who just got into a clinical trial. Uh, as you said, it's super. The process is super fast, and you have to, you know, either you get in now or I don't know what else you want to do. So he, he, he needed to. I don't think he had a lot of information about it, but you know, he's been learning as he goes. Mm-hmm. So talk a little, it sounds like you have now friends in, so one of the things I hear is people like you find out you have cancer and then you have friends in cancer. Did, did the people, you know, and like your relationships with like family and friends, did it change a lot as you went through this process? It did a lot. Uh, it, it did a little bit. Yeah. I know I have a ton of more friends now because of the situation and it's, it's important because I don't, I'm not part of any kind of fo- a focus group or, you know, a therapy group. I, I don't, I'm not part of that, but I was lucky enough to find some people online that went through that and are doing well of course that i met a lot of them as well who passed away and which everyone that you lose it's it's a pain it's a process but um the i i have i met a lot of good people through this and you know i think it's one of the good things about it any groups you would recommend to people for colon cancer your situation that were like most you said there's not a special focus group, but just the places that someone who might watch this thinks, oh, okay, that's a good sure, place to start. Yeah. yeah. So there is this organization called Fight Colorectal Cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, they do an amazing job of advocating and providing information about colorectal cancer. I, I actually was one of their ambassadors for 2019-2020, and we all traveled together to Colorado, and we once a year they do this um climb for a cure which you know you're climbing because you're a colorectal cancer survivor or you're a family member uh, mm-hmm. or you know somebody and you usually before pandemic they choose like a mountain and everybody flies flies there and they climb together and it's it's very powerful um but they have a ton of people also involved with them online that you can just join their groups on Facebook, for example, and be part of it and learn more. So mm-hmm. um, I, w- I would, I would suggest that one. 
Wonderful. Thank you. And then um, just, I guess, one last question here. If there was out of this whole experience, like the most important lesson, one thing for you that you would just want to kind of to say, this is the thing that made the biggest difference to me that you want other people to know. What What's that? What's the one thing? Well, one thing is, so two things real quick. One thing is listen to your body and try to understand what it's trying to tell you because you know your body best than everybody else. Don't, don't, especially people my age or younger or not very used to going to the doctor by themselves, become a young adult and you, you know, you just got that freedom. You have to start because listen, cancer is not something for old people. It doesn't target someone specifically. Everybody is here and everybody can potentially get sick. So that's it. But also, on a more positive note, this whole situation just taught me how to do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do and don't waste time. So even though we've been living through this situation, I've been doing amazing things that I haven't done before and reach out to people that I haven't talked in a while and keep, keep those people that I love close. So that taught me. I love that, Diego. It's just, it's about the people. It's about being in the moment and living That's here. Right. So, so thank you so much. I thank really you. appreciate your time today. Um, and it's really, a, it's a pleasure to meet you. So thank you again for coming and sharing with us. We really appreciate it, Diego. My pleasure, Micah. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Thanks.